Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world. And welcome in. It is Trust the Tape uh, post-Senior Bowl practice before Senior Bowl game. But we're ready to rock and roll and trust the tape, and it was a pretty sweet week. Tons of content to deliver to you. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter. Uh, alongside my co-host, the great Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on the Tweeter machine. Good morning, Dane. Morning. Got in late last night. Uh, back to DFW from Mobile. Uh, was on the flight with all the all the Cowboys brass, Will McClay and, and crew. So uh, it's it's fascinating the the exodus of NFL personnel uh, after Thursday's practice, even before Thursday. Thursday all throughout the day, scouts were leaving. Uh, not many stay for the game. They just watch the practices, uh, but plenty to talk about from three days of practices plus the weigh-ins. Uh, it, uh, where do you want to start? A lot of storylines we can go with. Uh, let's see here. Let's do it sequentially. I didn't see the weigh-ins. Who won the weigh-ins, Dane? Uh, you know, I, Marcus Davenport. Which is a real thing. Oh, yeah. It sure. really is a thing. Marcus Davenport looked exactly like you want an NFL defensive end to look. Uh, 6'5", 260 pounds. Uh, 34 inch arms. Uh, that that's exactly how you draw it up. Will Hernandez coming in at 340 pounds. He's big, and he doesn't need to lose weight. Like he carries it really well. It's proportionate. Uh, I put and, some weight on him. I see if I can get him to 375. Uh, hey, it wouldn't hurt his his movement skills based on what he showed on the practice field because he was moving just fine. He does not need to lose weight. Doesn't matter what kind of scheme, zone, man, power, whatever kind of scheme you want to put him in. He can do it. So I thought, you know, those two stand out. I didn't think there were any big losers. You know, I think a lot of people pointed to Levi Wallace, the corner from Alabama. He's coming, light, wasn't he? 176 pounds. Uh, I know he's dealing with this, with some kind of illness. So I know he, I expect him to be closer to 190. It's been a bad flu this by the year. combine. It has a lot yeah. of flu. Duke dang. Dawson missed the weigh ins because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, missed the first day of practice as well. But the thing with Levi Wallace was he came in with almost 33 and a half inch arms. That's long. So I I really don't care that he's 176 because I I'd rather you know I can try and put some weight on him. There's nothing I can do to make his arms longer. And for a lot of NFL teams, they care about that length more than anything else at the corner position. So uh, those three really stand out in terms of the weigh-ins who who look good and um, you know maybe I don't think there were any big surprises. You know guys that uh, stood out as Showing up not like we expected. Desmond Harrison, the former Texas tackle who uh, had some issues, went to West Georgia D2, and on film, uh, sweet feet, man. It's it's ri- ridiculous, uh, the athlete that he is. But he came in at 279 pounds, and he just doesn't have the frame that you look for at the position. So there's a lot of red flags with him, uh, a lot of failed drug tests in his past. Uh, a lot of things going on there. So, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to see him this week because uh, of a knee issue. So, uh, Desmond Harrison's, unfortunately, I don't think we uh, got a chance to learn as much we wanted from him this week. So, for the from the senior bowl practices themselves, mm-hmm. I feel like we could go just position by position group by position group and talk about 
who did what, or just pick the guys that jumped out at you. But however we want to do it, well, I we mean, can I, do it. I think going in, you know, I, I had I wrote this up. I had ten big storylines that I was watching, and one of them was uh, Marcus Davenport, and you know the defensive end from UTSA, a player who has been talked about a lot. You know, I, in my first mock draft back before Thanksgiving, I included him in my first round. You started this. Well, I think he's a first-round player. I told people no, and you started this. I started what? You started this. What you is started this? this Marcus Davenport. Because here's what happens in the draft community. People don't realize this. What happens is the guy who I have the fan 105.3 The Fan Facebook Live on right now, Dane Brugler, he knows everything. Everybody else knows something. So what happens is Dane finds small school guy. Dane puts small school guy in the first-round mock because small school guy is good. Other people just want to one-up Dane. So now he goes all the way up to number seven overall in a mock draft. When on tape, he's just running through dudes, running straight at their chest, and he's got all the tools in the world, but he doesn't know how to play defensive end yet. And he and now everybody's so high on him, he gets to Mobile, and what happens? He runs into dudes that can really play, and he gets his butt blocked. But that was so, expected. Right, well, now we need to reset expectations because you did this. Well, and that's that's fair. That's you fine. did this to this poor kid. You got him in the first round. And, and he's he going to go in the first round. And then he round. got blocked by third rounders. And just wait till he goes to the combine and jumps 40 inches in the vertical and tests off the charts for 6'5", 260. And so I, he's going to go in the first round. I feel fine about that. It's just where is he in the pecking order of these pass rushers? He's lucky uh, it's a bad year for pass rushers. It's not a bad. It's, it's just not a. It's not a overwhelming year. That's for sure. I mean, Bradley Chubb's your top guy, and then after him, but after that, like Davenport has an opportunity to be the second one. I think right, just because Harold Landry, Arden Key, yeah. Sam Hubbard. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of questions with these guys. So yeah, yeah I, I think when you look at the traits, and that's why I think a lot of people are killing Marcus Davenport this week. And I, I killed him, but I don't get it. Would you expect? Uh well, like you shouldn't kill him based on other, because, other people's expectations. I shouldn't have killed him because I said to me he's not a first round player. Exactly. So I expected it. That, and, and but that, the world started put. You know, Daniel Jeremiah's got him in his top ten, his top ten players in the draft. Puts him number seven, and so the whole world is like, "Hey, the UT San Antonio kid, he's incredible." And I'm like, "Well, no, 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 he has incredible tools. Right. He's not incredible." No, I think we need Alex t- Kappa kicked his butt. We do need to temper expectations because again, he is. It's all traits based in terms of he's a great him athlete. First round. He's got the size. Yeah, he's a strong dude, strong hands. He he knows a little bit of what he's doing, but he doesn't understand move to move transition and setting up blockers. Uh, and it, it, the pad level was an issue all week. So there's plenty of issues, but they're coachable. They're they're fixable. I mean, you can work on that. Uh, and so I still think he's going to be a first round pick. You know, I don't. Thirty two teams aren't going to pass on him, but I think he played this week kind of how we expected. I thought he had a chance to really make a lot of money, but he played based on what you would expect a raw player to to perform like during practice. So not a huge surprise for me. I think a lot of people are killing him on. It's just not necessary for for it because based on tape, that's what people's expectations should be. I won't apologize. I also won't apologize to Josh Allen, who uh, they they decided to use my tweet on the NFL Network broadcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God. What what tweet? I was on my couch watching the practice, and they popped up. First, they popped up the video of Josh Allen missing the entire net where they have the three holes in the net. And, like, Baker's up, and they're like, one, and he hits hole number one. (laughs) Josh Allen, they go, three, and he misses the whole net. Uh but then after that, they put up my tweet that said, this is after day two, I think, where it said, Baker had a great day, Josh Allen didn't, 
You can copy and paste this for every practice, game, senior bowl, whatever. And uh, they didn't address me directly, which kind of hurt me. I wanted to get attacked a little bit, and I didn't. Uh, but they were just talking about, you know, a lot of guys missed the net, you know, and uh, a lot of guys, and I was just like, okay, whatever. Uh, Josh Allen's interesting. If you take. You watched your third day of practice? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good day. It was a good day. It was a pretty good day. Yeah. There's still a couple where you're going, where'd that ball go? Oh, yeah, that's weird. And uh, that'll probably always be the case. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, he's the only guy, because I've gone through and I'm trying to find guys where you go to college and they have great tools, but they don't complete passes. And I'm looking for which guy made it in the NFL. And I had to go all the way back to Jay Cutler to find somebody who had mm-hmm. stats that looked like his that made it in the league. So, all the other ones are terrible. Right. Sub 60% completions. And, They're all bad. Right. It, he's Hackenberg. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's a big difference between Hackenberg and Cutler. You know, I mean, there's a very wide margin. Numbers there. wise in college, they were similar. And I mean, that's, that's the world Josh Allen lives in. Yeah. And is that world. And so it's just, it's real strange to me that we're all, that the NFL views it as I can fix it when 98% of the time it doesn't get fixed. It's inaccurate throwers don't become accurate. Yeah, and a lot of people make excuses for him, and some of them are valid. Oh, they made a ton on the broadcast. I know. He sailed a ball 15 yards over a guy, and they literally spent the next 30 seconds praising the arm strength. Yeah, I know. It's like, well, I, what about the fact that he missed the throw by 15 yards? And it, we, have to be, we have to be careful with these all-star games because, you know, it is a tough situation. They're put into an offense they don't under, they don't know. They're with receivers they've never worked with. Um, you know, so timing, rhythm can be off fairly easily. I think for Josh Allen, if you came into the week believing in him, I think you left the week believing in him. If you left or if you entered the week with doubts, you leave the week with doubts. I don't think the needle moved at all. Um, he didn't convert anybody with what he did. I do think there were reasons to be encouraged uh, when you see his progression from Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday. Uh, he did his best in the red zone drills. And I thought that was interesting because. It was less thinking, and it was, you know, watching the red zone drills, he usually went to his first read. So there's no thinking involved, uh, and he didn't have to worry about timing and rhythm and, you know, uh, timing the spot of his throw. He would just throw to his first read, and that's where he was really good, uh, whether it was a corner route, whatever. But there was enough special throws from him this week that if you came in as a believer, the you're going to leave as a believer. The Gallup yeah. and the corner. beautiful. Absolutely. 30-yard dart. And credit to Gallup for stacking the corner and then you know going to the back pylon. And well, Gallup's Allen, good. He's a good player. Allen put it right in his hands. It was Gallup's a perfect, good. perfect play uh, for both. I think the best quarterback this week was Baker Mayfield. Um, not based on anything, just this week. Baker Mayfield played the best. Um, he started a little slow, picked it up. You, I was worried about his arm strength. You know, throwing right after Allen, uh, you know, because Allen's arm strength, it's special. Mayfield throwing right after, I thought it would look a lot slower, but it wasn't. You know, seeing it in person, that hit the the arm snap, the way it comes off his hand. It's it out quick, too. He does. It, everything's quick. His feet are quick. The release is quick. Uh, you know, he, like I said, he started a little slow, but he picked it up. Uh, I thought he had a really good week. He was probably the best quarterback performance. Luke Falk was pretty consistent. He deserves some credit. Tanner Lee was up and down. Um, hey, there's a guy from Richmond. I thought yeah. he might have something. Kyle Laletta. Tell me about Laletta. Yeah, he. Uh, the South quarterbacks were unimpressive. I yeah. mean, Kurt Benker. But it's Mike White and Laletta that people think might eventually be somebody. Yeah, Mike White. I he throws with 
with accuracy, with anticipation. Doesn't have the biggest gun, but he has enough arm strength. Um, he would He's my favorite quarterback on that South team. Laletta is interesting. I think he kind of moved himself in the late round area because uh, with what he did this week, I don't, he wasn't special. He didn't do anything that really kind of wowed you, but he didn't look out of place either. You know, for an FCS kid, he came in and, you know, he looked just fine. So I, out of the quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, I thought, had the best week. Luke Falk was better than uh, I think most people expected. Uh, and then, you know, you know, we talked about Josh Allen and then the other guys. So the quarterback position, uh, a lot was going on. I don't think anybody wowed us. Unfortunately, we couldn't see Mason Rudolph there. Um, he was there during the weigh-ins. He was looked like the typical prototypical quarterback, 6'4", 220 he looked pounds. Tall. He went in the booth, and Andrew Siciliano looks like he's four foot six. Yeah. How tall is Siciliano? Did you ever see him? Is he yeah, yeah I'm sitting next to him. He's, it's probably generous to say 5'4". Okay. I mean, he's, he's a shorter guy. Congrats on making it in media. Yeah. Being real tall. Yeah. He's, Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, okay, years. I think the if we're going to talk about the best non-quarterback, just based on the, the watching the practices uh, on NFL Network, who do you think were the best non-quarterback prospects? Not overall, just players who will be drafted first, but just during the week. Just watching them play football? Yeah. Uh, I think you could make a case for Deshaun Hamilton, the yep. Penn State receiver I thought had a great week. Uh, Isaiah Wynn playing guard from Georgia. Will Hernandez playing guard from UTEP. Jack Griffin had a good week. Uh, who am I missing? A receiver. I thought Hamilton might have had the best week. The Penn State kid. I thought James Washington had a good week. I thought Michael yeah. Gallup had a solid week. Yeah. But Hamilton kind of jumped out as being real good out there. Yeah, one of my storylines coming in again was the wide receivers. I was hoping... One of the we feel like there's a log jam with these second and third round receivers. Uh, unfortunately, Okoronkwo had a good week too. I he thought he did. He did. Uh, unfortunately, Anthony Miller wasn't there with a the foot. I uh, kind of referenced that a few weeks ago. I was afraid of this. Uh, some, I wanted him to be there really badly. Some teams are really worried about it. Uh, well, I'm trying to figure out Miller versus Washington versus Gallup, and yeah. I know it seems like amongst media, I'm alone on Gallup being in that group. But I think I wanted to see all of them play because I got to see what I wanted from two of them. Right. Well, and with James Washington, he he had a really good week. You know, we know he's fast. We know he has some of the best ball skills in this draft. Uh, That's strong some nice hands. releases on slants and stops. Exactly. That's what you wanted to see. The releases, the routes. Uh, you just had to show that he knew what he was doing. You know, like he just wasn't completely incompetent coming out of that Oklahoma State offense that he at least knew how to – because. Very few times he faced press. So how would he do against uh, corners up in his face uh, trying to jam him at the line of scrimmage? It was up and down, but yeah, more up. There were, I think exactly. it was probably more up. And in early in the, in the week, there were a lot of times where he had a tough time getting off press and the you know a lot of contested catches. But then throughout the week, I thought he got better and better. And that's exactly what you want to see from a player like that. So I thought James Washington helped himself. Uh, among these receivers, I, yeah, I think Michael Gallup had a good week. DJ Chark from LSU... He's one of those guys where... When he catches it, it's nice. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't. I have a list of players that I jotted down where I want to go back to the tape. And that's what these all-star games, in the combine as well, It's they're cross-checking exercises. You know, you see what you see at these games, at the combine, and then you go back to the tape and say, okay, did I miss something? Did he show this during, during games on film? And DJ Chark, it's tough because in that LSU offense... 
you know, he didn't have a, a great quarterback throwing to him, and it just it wasn't an offense that really could showcase a player like DJ Chark. So uh, I know he had the you know the big punt return against Auburn and all that, but I didn't have the production as a wide receiver that you want. But he, I thought he had a good week, uh, so he's going to make me go back to the tape. Uh, Jaleel Scott disappointed me a little bit. New Mexico State, um, for a player that's that big. We needed to throw him five jump balls, and we didn't. Well, as you say, he's 6'5", 216 pounds. So you know right there he's lean. Um, but And we knew that, and you could tell on tape he's how skinny he is. But if you're that big and you have uh, that big of a wingspan, you need to be able to be a above-average contested catcher. And he just wasn't that during practice. you got to be Gesicki. Yeah. Six five, right? He'll catch your contested ball. So you need to be that mismatch weapon where you know the quarterback just kind of has to throw it in your zip code and you can go up and get it. And he showed, I mean, the Arizona State catch. You know, there's plenty of examples on tape where he does it. But against NFL DBs, it's going to be a little. You know, those windows are going to be even smaller. Uh, so uh, Jaleel Scott didn't quite see what we wanted to see this week, but wasn't a bad week for him. How about? Can you tell me about two guys real quick? Because there's two guys. I was writing actually three guys mm-hmm. that I wrote down. Where for me, I know you've seen them all, but for me, it was all right. Let's get these guys to the front of the line for tape watching. Jamon Moore, the wide receiver from Missouri. Uh, how do you say? Is it Kimoko Ture? Yeah, that Kimoko dude looks pretty good on the edge. Yeah. And then the defensive tackle, Justin Jones. Three guys that I was like, okay, you guys move to the front of the line. I'm going to watch you. See, I actually like the other NC State defensive tackle, B.J. Hill. Okay. But they're both they're both good players. Um, all four, I, I, we mentioned this back in October on Trust the Tape, all four of the starting defensive linemen for NC State, are they're going to get drafted. Uh, Justin Jones and B.J. Hill in the middle. Contavious Street, who was at the Shrine game, he easily could have been at the, at the Senior Bowl. And then, of course, Bradley Chubb, he'll be a top-five pick. So, yeah, I, I, with Justin Jones, uh, kind of throws you off wearing that number 27 for a defensive tackle, but he's quick off the ball. He's tenacious. Uh, he'll get after it. Him and B.J. Hill, definitely uh, two good players. Uh, Ture from from Rutgers, this is a player who flashed a couple years ago. Uh, he kind of put his name on the radar, and then he, he's battled a lot of injuries, and he struggles versus the run because he's undersized. Uh, 250 or so? Right, but when he has a chance to just get after the quarterback, that speed off the edge, the arc speed, uh, the ability to you know dip and get around tackles, win the corner, yeah, he, he could be special. And he did it more than a few times to Brian O'Neill and with Tyrell Crosby and a few of these other tackles. He, he had a, himself a great week. Did Brian O'Neill disappoint you a little bit? I went into the week thinking, no, I'm crazy, Yeah, but borderline first round. And then I watched him play, and I thought, you know what? I don't know that he's the best lineman here. Well, I know that he's not. Well, tackle. I right, think tackle. Could, he still might have been. Yeah, I was really impressed by Humboldt State guy. Yeah, Alex Kappa. Yeah, he's a he's a fiery dude. Um, I gave Kappa a fourth round grade just based simply on the tape, and um, I think that he has a chance to to live up to that with what he did. Might sneak into day two. Maybe. Yeah. I I still I feel I for a player like that I'd rather get him on on day three, but you know we'll see. These tackles are going to go quickly. Um, yeah, I, Brian O'Neill, I, it was an up and down week. There are some some reps you saw where you thought, yeah, this is exactly what you were expecting with that type of athlete that he is. I was surprised then, seeing him get beat to the inside. Yeah. He's a better athlete than that. He, Normally he you don't see that. Oh, no question. He's going to test really well. Um, but with Brian O'Neill, yeah, he he did not. He was very up and down. There was a lot of times where he was beat inside or he wasn't able to mirror. Um, he was beat with power, uh, let guys get underneath him. So for Brian O'Neill, he's I think he's going to bounce back big time at the combine. Test really well. He's a former tight end. 
but it was a very up and down week. I thought him and it was between him and Tyrell Crosby. I thought for the top tackle in Mobile, and Crosby struggled as well. So uh, there wasn't really one tackle that separated him. So Brandon Parker from uh, North Carolina A and T, he might have been the guy that separated himself the most. I think that's a day two, uh, you know, small school offensive tackle. So that's a player to remember. Uh, he had a good week from the weigh-ins all the way through Thursday's practice. Uh, who's the first player you named that you wrote down that you asked me about? Uh, Jamon Moore, the wide receiver from yeah, Missouri. from Missouri. He had a terrible first practice. Everything yeah. thrown his way was dropped. And then he got better throughout the week. Everything He's he got some size and he moves well. Yeah, he, well, he's got peg legs and peg limbs, but he's... He he's long and he has a frame that you feel good about and he's a good athlete. He moves so fast. He just looks out of control. Uh, if you can get him in an NFL camp with coaching and get him to be more controlled with all those gifts, you might have something. Um, but I, I see a day three player who you know a late around guy because it's I think you're banking on a lot if you're going to uh, if you're going to be able to change some of that stuff and. Hey, Deshaun Hamilton, he helped himself. There's no question. Uh, he looked like he might have been the best route runner there. He was definitely the best at creating separation off the line of scrimmage. Route runner, I, I think I'd agree. I mean, the body control, the quickness out of his breaks. Yeah, it, there were too many drops, and he's not going to run you know, that well. The size is average. Uh, again, you know, it, the, the drops were a little frustrating this week. But How does the K-State guy run? Pringle. Can he run? No. He, that guy's got quickness in his route. Yeah, he's he reminds me of like a... He reminds me a lot of Dez when I watch him at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Like a not he's not quite on Dez's level. I'm talking like a first round pick, but the, just the way he wins. Like he's not overly fast. He's not going to run a blazing forty yard dash. But the way he has yeah the quickness in and out of his routes. He knows what he's doing out there. I, I thought he held himself a good week. He's an older guy, um, so I, there's a lot of stuff in his in his background. He's rested a couple times, uh, so we'll have to. Oh, Pringle, no XFL for you, homie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about your luck. But he's, uh, I mean, like I said, he's an older guy. So he's, uh, the sense I got talking to scouts was he's matured. You know, he's got a son now. Um, it All of his coaches have spoken really highly of him from Juco to Bill Snyder at Kansas State. Even his high school coaches talked talked uh, pretty highly about him. So uh, we'll have to figure out a little bit more with him. But he's another day three wide receiver in this class. Okay, what is, uh, what position groups have we not talked about? Uh, well, you mentioned guards, or you mentioned the Isaiah Wynn and Will Hernandez being two of the most impressive. I thought interior offensive line, yeah, there were a lot of guys that stood out, um, and Wynn and Hernandez being the top two. I, you know, I, they came into the week as solid second round picks, and they both go in top fifty. You think? Yeah. When I do, I'm I need to map out my top fifty. Dang it! But they're both going to be in there. I need one of them to make it to fifty. Well, no, I don't, because I'm taking a receiver at fifty. Never mind. Okay. Move on. Uh, James Washington make it to 50? Mm, I doubt it, but Anthony maybe. Miller? Miller might because of that foot. Gallup that, will be there for He probably me. won't run at the combine. And My guy will be there. Gallup will be there. DJ Moore. DJ be Moore. There? That's, that's the one. That's the wild card because I've talked to some scouts who love him. Some scouts are like, eh, he's okay. You know, there's a, a lot of differing opinion on DJ Moore. I, I think he's a, a top 40 type of guy. Why does everybody hate Gallup? Why am I the only Gallup guy? Because he's ordinary. I hate you. Well, it, talking like from a the physical skill set, he's not yeah. the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's he's an, a good route runner, not a great one. It, you know, usually catches everything in his direction. But you know, in those types of guys, you know, like what, what's a comparison for him? You know, it, 
If I was a GM and you're my scout and we're in the war room and I'm looking at a four five four, this I'm is looking totally at, winging it, and I could be way off. Uh, Pierre Garcon. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. Not comp. Not as big and not quite as big and strong, but yeah, nothing, not, nothing not about quite him. as fast, not quite as good. Well, no, nothing that really <laughs> jumps out, but he's just good. Pierre Garcon, what what does he dominate at? He's an average yeah. athlete, good route runner, catch it when you throw it to him, tough. Sure. Yeah, he's going to be okay. Okay, that's fine. When he makes it, just remember, he's mine. He belongs to me. No, I like him. I um, and My senior wide receivers, I, he's my third guy behind Miller and Washington, so I, I don't think you're crazy. Um, Actually, I want to go back to a guy real quick. Yeah. Okoronkwo, the yeah. edge guy from Oklahoma. Because what did he weigh in at? Like 241, 242, something like that? Yeah. Did he have his weight over there? Yeah. You yeah. Got your it, sheet. What I was most impressed with during the weigh-ins with him, because uh, he was 6'1 and 3 eighths, so almost 6'1 and a half, 243 pounds, is the 34 and a half inch arms. Yeah. That that was really stood out because for, you know, if you're shorter, you better have length. Yeah. You know, because you can survive in the NFL. Otherwise, a you'll just be guy. Carl Lawson and you'll be awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's a unicorn, though. Uh, but Okoronkwo, he's 240 pounds. He's six one and a half. I feel like everybody's just going to push him to a 3-4 team and say he's going to be a stand-up linebacker. But mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl, with pass rush drills with his hand in the dirt, he overpowered guys when he yeah. wanted to. Can, he, can a 4-3 team take him? I don't see why not. I mean, yeah, because when you watch him at Oklahoma, a he's lot of times... He's going to be 20 pounds lighter than your other end. Yeah. I mean, he... I, at Oklahoma, he's standing up off the edge a lot of times. And so that's kind of what you're used to seeing. And I think he might be best suited for that. Same thing with uh, Nwosu from USC. Yeah, he looked good. Uh, he yeah. looked like he could cover, too. Yeah, I mean, he's well, he's experienced dropping in space. He, I've never seen a defensive end have more pass breakups than Nwosu this past year. It's just he has an uncanny ability to find the passing lane, knock it down. But uh, Okoronkwo, he... Hey, I said it right. He... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he had. We know he has the speed to get around the edge. But what really impressed during practice, uh, and we see this on the Oklahoma tape as well, so it wasn't a complete surprise. But what he did really well was use his reach, his extension, and attack the body of tackles and just put them on skates, move them in reverse uh, into the pocket, and disrupt the rhythm of the quarterback. So he, a guy that can get around the edge, has that speed, but also has. Uh, you know, the ability to dip and use his leverage, his natural leverage as an advantage to get underneath tackles and move them backwards. I mean, that's a, a very valuable skill that he has. And I think that's why he's viewed as a second round pick. All right. What do we move to next here? I thought the best position unit that I saw the entire week was tight end. Okay. And that kind of surprised me a little bit because there's some guys I wasn't familiar with that were looking good out there. Yeah. Who's the guy with all the hair? Uh, I think he's wearing 87. He had long hair, I think. Mm. Um, I'll figure it out. Conklin nope. from Central Michigan. Might have been. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had himself a good week. Uh, but Dallas Goddard bowed out in the first practice yeah. uh, with a hamstring. I talked to his agent. He said he'll be fine for the combine, so nothing big there. But even with with uh, Goddard out, the tight ends really impressed me. I mean, Mike Gusecki, when he's when his routes are clean. I like Gusecki. And he's able, I mean, his legs are so long, and sometimes he gets tied up. But when his routes are clean, I mean, he is a mismatch weapon. Uh, he's not that, you know, traditional tight end in that mold where you want to line him up in line all the time. But use him as a mis- uh, mismatch weapon. He can do some things down the field. He had plenty of wins in one-on-one. When you compare your six foot five, 245-pound white guys 
um, watching Gasecki and then watching Fumagalli, mm-hmm. Gasecki's the dude I would want. Oh yeah, Fumagalli I feel like is going to struggle if you put your hands like he looked like he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't able to get open. Like maybe no. red zone you can use him, but Gasecki could get open. Fumagalli couldn't get open. Fumagalli is he's probably not going to go in the top one hundred. I'd say probably go in the fourth round. He's not a great athlete. He's a good athlete, not a great athlete. Uh, he's not the biggest, not the strongest, and he's okay in those areas. Just doesn't have those elite physical traits. That's why he was a walk on originally. Dude, the Notre Dame kid showed up. I yeah. didn't know who Durham Smythe was, yeah. and I guess he just blocked at Notre Dame. Yeah, he's out he, there catching. Yeah, he can do it. When they when he had opportunities to catch the ball, I mean, he looks he looks fluid in his release. He has the body control to. Uh, you know, make adjustments to the ball in the air. Uh, Durham Smythe, absolutely. I don't think he, the way I describe Smythe, and I look at my tight end rankings. I have Smythe uh, right there with Ian Thomas. Uh, I have Goddard's my top senior. Uh, then Ian Thomas, Mike Kosecki, Durham Smythe, the next three. Smythe, he doesn't do anything great, but he's just very well rounded. I mean, he can stay in line and block. He's very tough. He can go out and catch passes. I don't think you're getting a Pro Bowl player. You're just getting a solid tight end, a guy that's not going to hurt you out there. Uh, and in, you know, as impressive as the tight ends were, we didn't get a chance to see Chris uh, Herndon from Miami. Uh, he's dealing with a knee. Uh, Adam Brenneman from UMass, he left early as well. And then I thought, yeah, Tyler Conklin and Jordan Akins, um, they really helped themselves. I thought Tyler Conklin, uh, a good athlete, he's a good route runner. He created plenty of space for himself during one-on-one drills. And then Jordan Akins, he had probably the catch of the week with a one-handed grab. Uh, this is a guy who was drafted by the, the Texas Rangers back in like 2010. Nice! In the third Law round. enforcement? Uh, no, no, the baseball team. Oh, the baseball yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him uh, and Russell Wilson are going to make a great up-the-middle combo. So he's an older guy. Yeah, he was in the minors for you know three years or so. So a little bit of an older guy, uh, but I thought he helped himself. Uh, the tight ends. So you can go make really money impressive. as a professional athlete. You just can't make money as a football player and then come back and play football. You can go make a bunch of baseball money and then come back and play football. Yeah, as long as it's a different sport, yeah. I guess. So That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. If LeBron wanted to, he could probably go to play for Ohio State right now. Man, that'd be fun. It would be fun. It'd probably, I don't know, his knees have been through a lot. I feel like his knees and his back probably don't need football in it. No, he made the smart choice. What else do we got? I know I got questions because I forgot I tweeted. We can go to that in a little bit. Oh, running back. There's a guy I want to talk about. Yeah. I don't know if he can run the ball very well. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to hand it to him 15 times a game. Bullage. But if you want, yes. Yeah. If you want to do this, going to catch the ball. Just give bu- me Bullage. Buy your intro right there. Yeah. I had a feeling that's who you're talking about. We get, okay. Um, I cover the Cowboys. They like, they liked having Lance Dunbar around forever. Just as a guy that could kind of catch the ball. And Ezekiel Elliott can do it, but they just seem hell-bent on not throwing to him. So if you want a second back that can catch the ball, bring me Kalen Bellage. That dude is uncoverable by safeties and linebackers. It looks so easy for him to get open. Catching it is so easy. Yeah, He can run the route. Plus he has linebacker size. He's 6'2", 222 pounds. Can he not run the rock? He just doesn't. He's not as powerful as he looks, and he's unsure of himself. Uh, he just doesn't have natural running instincts. Uh, you know, he's he, the flashes are exciting, but when you really watch the tape and watch down in, down out, he's I, I thought very unimpressive as a running back. But I think you're you're right uh, about him being able to catch the ball and be more of a multifaceted weapon out of the backfield, uh, whether it's blocking, pass catching, whatever. I, I think that's probably his strength. 
So I I do think that he has some value. Um, for me, the running back that impressed me the most was, and this is if you want to call him a running back, but Jalen Samuels from NC State. Yeah, what's he going to play? I, He's a fullback, running back, tight move, end, tight receiver. End. He can do it all. I, he really can. And I mean, he was uncoverable by linebackers and one-on-one drills. They, they just couldn't stick with him. And his ability to be a pass catcher, uh, he looked fine as a running back this year and at practice. So, yeah, Jalen Samuels, to me, I think he's a top 100 player in this draft. The versatility is key. I mean, he's Kalen Balazs, except he's better. So, for me, Jalen Samuels, you know, I think it's a fair argument to make about who's the better senior running back, him or Rashad Penny. And Penny's the best just pure ball carrier. Penny was big stats, wasn't he? Oh, he led the nation in rushing. Yeah. 2,200 yards rushing this year. But he's bad in pass protection. Bad. Uh, he and he didn't help himself this week. Uh, as a pass catcher, he's he's good. I mean, he's he's I'd say slightly above average. Uh, too many fumbles, but and then the pass protection hurts. So, for a team you're looking at wanting a running back, I would lean probably Jalen Samuels with everything that he offers over a Rashad Penny, even though he's the best, better, pure ball carrier. So it, I think there's a debate over the better senior running back, and that's if you want to call Jalen Samuels a running back. Uh, who, who the best one was in in Mobile? I, I Akram Wadley had himself a, a decent week. Um, Ito Smith from Southern Miss, he's undersized. He had himself a decent week. Daryl Williams from LSU, he did not look out of place. I thought he had himself a, an excellent week. He's a guy, and you know, in the mid third day, if you need a running back who can again be a do everything type of guy, Daryl Williams might be for you. So I thought the running backs, all star games are tough to really tell. With the running back position, uh, but I thought uh, most of them, except for Rashad Penny, helped themselves. All right, is there anything we've missed, or can I move on to the Twitter questions? Yeah, what kind of questions we have? Our guy Pete Smith says, based on how this Senior Bowl's gone, probably Dane eating it quite a bit about some of the players you're high on. He's this is my, so Pete's my guy, who, who Mayfield and Gallup. But I don't think Dane's low on those guys. <laughs> I think no, he likes not. them both. I, I do. I think Gallup. Um, he was exactly who I expected him to be. Um, I, I Baker I liked throwing to him. I'm putting him on the same team. I'm going to get Baker, and I'm going to get Gallup with him, and we're going to work. Yeah. I, it'll be fun. Baker. I mean, see the anticipation on the route when they were in. I think they were in team, and Gallup with the nice inside release, jabs outside. Baker's already letting it go inside. Knows that Stem's got it. Gallup's got it. Bam, two hands. He was going to break that tackle touchdown. You're all over it. Dude, those are my guys. I, Baker, like, a lot of things, it was a lot was made of uh, – well, first of all, his weigh-in, uh, he wasn't at the weigh-in because he was late to the week. His mom was in the hospital. Uh, you know, I mean, you can kill him for that if you want. I, I don't understand it. But, um, you know, he came in at six foot and three eighths. So just about what we thought. We thought it'd be somewhere between six foot and six one, probably closer to six foot. And that's exactly what it was. Uh, nine and a half inch hands, which is exactly what you want. I mean, nine's kind of the threshold. If you're under nine for a quarterback, uh, it's no bueno, but well, you just had to stretch it between now and the combine. Yeah, and get Jared the massages. And, exactly. Yeah, make it bigger. loosen it up. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So I thought, yeah, I mean Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, who I think is the third best quarterback in this draft. Um, you know, I have him above Josh Allen and uh, Lamar Jackson. I thought nothing happened this week that would would change that. Um, it, now the question about value about where you draft him, uh, that's something that we'll be debating until. Central draft day, or at least trying to figure out, uh, you know, the pecking order about where he belongs. Number one, overall. Yeah, I don't see it. Number one, not tall enough for number one, but he's tall enough for number five. 
I don't think it's necessary. Height, I don't think doesn't that doesn't matter. I think it's it's more the offense that he played in at Oklahoma, everything that was, uh, you know, the, the scheme that they ran. It's just going to be a big difference. I think he's going to he could be a fine NFL quarterback. I just I don't blame anyone for believing a little bit more in some of these other players. We got a boomer sooner guy here, I think, because it says number one. Do you see Duvante Lampkin getting drafted? I don't know who that is. He's a redshirt sophomore. Came out early. And number two, what is Dimitri Flowers' draft grade? What was he, sort of a fullback move tight end kind of guy? Yeah, more of a fullback, uh, but he went out, he, he caught plenty of passes uh, from Baker, uh, you know, really did a lot of damage down the seam. He's he's a guy that you don't really expect much from, and then you watch him, and you're like, oh, this guy can play. Uh, so I think he's he's in the middle rounds as uh, you know more of the new age fullback type of guy. He can lead block, but uh, his ability to catch, catch a ball out of the backfield uh, will be his calling card. Uh, and then, yeah, the D tackle, you know, he's just, he's a big guy. He's like 340 pounds. It depends on how he works out. Maybe he could be a late rounder. Um, you know, he had like, like a, under a handful of starts over his career. I mean, he should not have come out, uh, if he wanted to maximize his draft value. Uh, but he's, he's a big guy. And if he, the workouts go well with, with teams, he has a chance to get drafted late. Somebody said Puna Ford. What did you see from Puna Ford at the Senior Bowl? That's uh, University of Texas D-Tackle. Short daddy is what we call him. He's a short daddy. He is. Not many uh, under six foot, over 300 pounds in the NFL, but this guy will. He's a player, Uh, and I give him credit. He was the trying game. Uh, Same with Deshaun Hamilton, uh, the Penn wide receiver. A few of these guys uh, got the call up to the Senior Bowl this week. So double duty, uh, you know, a lot of work for them, but – I thought Puna Ford did a nice job. Again, using that natural leverage to get underneath blockers, the quickness. Uh, he's not going to overwhelm you. Uh, that, that's just not his game. But uh, with his the full combination of what he does, he's also a very instinctive player. Uh, so I think he played mostly a nose at Texas. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be a natural nose in the NFL, but I think he can. So I, I thought Puna Ford helped himself. He, I, I, coming in, I thought he was you know, third, fourth round, early day three. I, nothing changed. I think that's probably where he stays. Okay, last question, and you're going to have to look at this picture on my timeline. Have you seen this thing yet? No. Uh, it's it's called Pick 2. Okay. All right, what we have here is it's a battle to the death, and it's you. You're obviously there. Mm-hmm. And then your options of all the things that can be on your team are 50 eagles, Okay. 10 crocodiles, Okay. 3 grizzly bears, 7, I don't know, what's that, a wildebeest? One hunter with a shotgun. Okay. Fifteen wolves, four lions, five gorillas, ten thousand rats. You have to 10, pick two thousand. to be on your team. The rest are coming to kill you. Which two do you pick? What gives you the best chance of survival? Oh, so I had two to defend myself. Yeah, you have two. Two of these. Like my first instinct is the hunter, but his gun is not very impressive, though. No, it looks like a standard twelve gauge, twenty gauge. Oh. Uh, and I just don't know. It's just an iPad or an iMac. It's only a thousand dollars. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, um, that well, the I mean, yeah. My, the, my first instinct is to say the gun and the hunter, but he had, he would have no chance against ten thousand rats. Right. So, isn't your first? So, my first instinct is I do need the gun, but I don't want to pick the hunter. So I was gonna say, yeah. If, if, if the I hunter's going to kill you, like who are the smartest animals? Probably the wolves and maybe the gorillas. Primates are smart. Yeah. One of those two I think I could pick and could get me the gun. Right. But then I need something. So maybe you go grizzly bear to defend me because I just need the mauler while my wolves try to get me the gun. And then we work from there. That's my initial thought. 
The rats are a bigger problem than people are going to think. I was, was going to say, I'm picking the rats okay, to you're defend myself. Because okay. they're, they're just like the hunter. The hunter's going to be able to get off one shot, yeah. and the rat's going to be all over them, and that's going to be it. The Every done. animal's a problem for the hunter. Like 50 eagles coming yeah. for the hunter, he's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, the eagles, that's appealing. You know, they can cover the ground or the, the air attack. Uh, if you could go numbers, like you're going numbers route here. So if you went 10,000 rats yeah. to be your ground defense, 50 eagles trying to get the gun for you. You might be in good shape. Yeah, that's interesting. Unless any of these things close and get close. I, to I was going to say though, but you're going to have I mean, lions and, and you need at least an inf- you need some kind of enforcer. You know, I the, to the me, bear is the best enforcer, right? And you need to play offense and defense. Yeah, the rats are your offense. You just let them go and just wreak <laughs> havoc. That's your offense. Your uh-huh. defense is going to be the bears yeah. or the gorillas, maybe the lions. And I that, think you die no matter what. Yeah, you you're need done. three picks to have a chance. Two, you're probably dead no matter what. I, in my, I, now that I think about it, maybe I just choose the hunter and just take the gun and oh, off myself. Oh, dang. Just, can, can you imagine 10,000 rats on top? That's a painful way to go. You're just not a competitor. That's a painful way to go. Well, like, <laughs> Didn't you just say you're going to die no matter what? Probably. Okay. Probably, but, you know, who knows? No, I, I would take the rats to be my offense and then probably the, how many bears? Uh, three grizzly bears. Three grizzly bears. Because here's the thing. A grizzly can be like 1,500 pounds, and the gorilla can be like 500. Yeah. So you're picturing a great fight, but realistically, the bear probably mollywops the gorilla. Plus, the bears have claws. Yeah. Like, uh, one swipe, and a gorilla's probably done. So, I'm going to take the bears as my three of them. Yeah, I'll take that as my defense. Those are your bodyguards. Yeah, or the... The close quarters offense, but defense to yeah be my bodyguard, and then the rats just let them start picking off everybody. Man, that's awesome! You're sending ten thousand rats yeah. into war against gorillas, lions, gators, wolves, and whatever that is—a wildebeest. Rats take take out the legs. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like an Empire Strikes Back. With it's the, gonna be a really cool fight until you get killed by sniper fire. A sniper? Wait, wait, wait! We don't have the hunter. He's not holding, but a that sniper does look rifle. like a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. He'd, I, he'd I, have to get within probably. 30 or 40 yards of you. If he had some kind of automatic weapon, then we're talking something different. But if he has just a, you know, uh, standard issue. Oh, if he has an AK-47, right. that's an easy choice. So we're just talking about a standard issue shotgun. Yeah. You know, it's, that's not, you can't do it. Yeah. All right. What, well, what, what would you go with? I think I would go bear. God, the rats really screw it up. Because I think I would go bear. And gorilla, but then I have no numbers, <laughs> no numbers. But ten thousand's a lot. Yeah, I, I have the grand champions of close combat, but the rats are going to give me trouble at some point. It's not a hundred rats. No, it's ten thousand. Maybe I'd go wolves and bears, so I at least have some numbers. And wolves are smart, so I could send them after the gun. We're going to die, Dane. Yeah, we're going to die. It doesn't matter. So I'm going to take the eagles because flying is cool, and I'm going to take the hunter just in case I need that gun for myself. I get it. That makes sense. All right. Everybody check my Twitter timeline at JC1053 and vote, and get on Danes at DP Brugler to know everything about the NFL draft. Uh, we love you. Trust the tape next week, and don't forget to give us a five-star review there on iTunes or however you listen, and leave a comment. Matter of fact, in the comment section, leave which two you would pick to defend you. That'd be great. And we will see you next week. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.